I feel like I get in kind of like a reflection mode at the end of the school year. So super tired, but at the same time wondering if there's anything that I could have done differently and done a little bit better. So last week we talked about reflecting on various lessons and units, but today I want to actually talk about reflecting on your productivity is what we're going to call it. So I've been learning more about myself and my own personal productivity. In the past, I've taken a long time and worked really hard at perfecting a lesson, unit, or project, or quite frankly, like anything that I throw out there. So if it's this podcast or anything on social media, I've really wanted it to be perfect. It was just recently when I was in a mastermind that my coach mentioned that spending more time on something doesn't make something better. It actually makes it worse. Okay, so let's think about that again. So spending more time on something doesn't make something better. It can actually make it worse. This is because your brain will get fatigued and will start second guessing your original ideas and are worrying about the details that don't actually matter. So that's what we're talking about, productivity versus working on the right things, finding out what will move the needle with your students and then doing it, and working smarter and not harder. Maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. I remember the first time that I spent several days planning an activity for my students. It was either my first or second year teaching, and it was a careers class. So how that looked at my school was at the time we were teaching driver's education during the school day. And so students would take that for a term. And then on the other part of the semester, they would take a required careers class. So I taught the same class four times a year, and I had every single sophomore in the school that would kind of go through that class. And while it was something that was like needed, it was it was kind of fluff. So anyway, I was teaching this as a block class. So my classes were 86 minutes long. And while I was teaching my architecture and my drafting classes and felt better prepared for that, I really wasn't super prepared to teach this careers class. So I had spent a lot of time coming up with something for my students to do because I typically would run out of ideas and we were not done with the class period. So I can't remember the topic or standards or what my students were supposed to learn. All I remember is staying up really late for several nights in a row. And I even think it may have been like up to a week researching, making a slideshow, worksheets, whatever they needed. There was a bunch of different websites they were supposed to go to. And I just was like, this is awesome. It's going to take them at least two class periods to complete. I remember thinking, I've spent so much time. This is great. I'm finally going to be able to teach Bell to Bell. So let's fast forward 15 minutes into class starting and my students were done, like done, done. They hadn't even rushed through whatever they were supposed to be doing. They actually completed and did good work. And what in the world just happened? 
So I want to reframe how we view productivity as teachers. So it's defined as, quote, how much work is accomplished in a particular work environment over a particular period of time, close quote. So what if we flipped that and focused on quality over quantity? How would our students progress and grow? And let's look at us being less of like being productive, like working in manufacturing and getting students in and out of school really quickly. And let's look at what could it possibly look like if we made sure that every student who came out of our class was successful. Okay, so we're gonna start going deep here, but I want you to think about what would actually move the needle for your students, and it may not be content related. So for example, I am at a middle school with sixth and seventh grade students, and we have this diagnostic that we give our students at the beginning of the year to see where they are on their reading levels. And while the English language arts teachers and the reading teachers know where those students are landing, the basic general population of our school has no idea what level readers our students are at. And most of them are below grade level, like two or three grades below. So we're saying that a lot of our students are reading more at a third or fourth grade level rather than sixth or seventh grade. But what I see when I am going into classes is a lot of written instructions on everything they do. And not written for a third or fourth grade level, but more written for a high school level. So by knowing that, how would you change your lessons? Or maybe how you presented information to your classes? Could you do more videos as far as instruction? Could you actually go through your worksheets and instructions and make sure that things are written at a lower level. Because really what you're wanting students to do is feel confident and understand what you are teaching, not just jumping to that content or sitting there and being confused because they have no idea what you are even talking about. So it's not necessarily that they have a will issue, they have a skill issue. There's a huge gap in there. It's not that they don't want to complete your assignment, it's that they have no idea how, and then when they get referred to the instructions, they can't read that, they can't understand and figure out what you are wanting them to learn or do. And then the frustration just keeps spiraling and spiraling, spiraling. Usually they, I've seen them, they like, they quit. And then it leads to behavior issues and a lot of other things that probably could be prevented if we were really thinking about what is going to move the needle with our students and then what is kind of like that root cause or problem, something that we could do to change that is simple or it seems simple that could really help a lot of students. And I do wanna say too, that usually it's not fancy. Usually those kind of things, you don't have to buy them online. You don't have to attend some sort of fancy school. It's usually back to basics, things that you already know, but for some reason your brain is complicating it, saying, well, it needs to be fancier than that. They need to do this and do that, rather than like really focusing on just that like lower level thinking and really what is going to help build that foundation to help them be more successful in the future. 
All right, so we're going to move on to the third thing. I feel like I'm on my soapbox today, so this might be a better episode for the beginning of the school year, so maybe you can listen to it at the end of the summer. But finally, we're going to talk about working smarter with higher level thoughts and not harder, and then allowing yourself white space. So I have a one of my favorite books that I read as a new teacher was Work Harder, Never Work Harder Than Your Students. The idea behind it is that you want your students to be working harder than you, not you working harder than them. As far as like planning and making sure that they can connect the dots. And there's just a lot of brain work that we do as teachers. And then like my example of coming up with this fabulous activity that took me so much time, I was doing a lot of work. And then really it only took my students 15 minutes but they still did the work. It wasn't just that they they semi-completed it. So in that instance, I was working way harder than my students ever were. So this concept is we're going to be looking at using those high-level thoughts. And one way that I have found that I've been really good with this is to not second-guess myself and to set a timer. And so I will work in small chunks and I will just kind of get in that mindset, that frame of mind where I'm like, this is going to be productive. I'm going to get this done. And whatever I do is going to be awesome. I am the teacher. I have expertise. I have knowledge. And what I know is going to be great. And I'm just going to roll with it. And I've actually been able to use it quite frequently recently. So I've just had these ideas and I'm like, that's a great idea. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to hurry and I'm going to produce it. And I'm not necessarily going to like hurry through it so that there's a lot of mistakes, but I'm just going to stick with that original idea. So I'm not going to be second guessing myself, not going to be worrying about anything. And then I end up producing a lot better quality. And then the best part is, is it gives me some downtime. So it gives me some time to have some white space. So then I can get more ideas. That's the beauty of this. So how this relates to finishing out the school year is by planning out next year right now or thinking ahead, but you're just getting kind of like that skeleton. Then when you are on your summer break, you actually have all that white space. You could be at the pool. You can be wherever you are with your family, enjoying yourself, relaxing. And then you'll be surprised at the amount of ideas that will just come to you because you've already figured out what units you would like to teach. Now you're just trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to be doing? And because you're not stressed, you're not worrying about teaching it tomorrow or next week, then you can just let yourself observe life. You can come up with various situations that you might be able to relate to your students or examples or things that will just make you overall a better teacher. Now, if you really want to figure out what to plan or how to get that planned or what that could be looking like right now and then also set yourself up for the school year starting, get my plan out your course cheat sheet where it explains what you could be doing now, what you should be doing when school starts and kind of how to pace yourself out so that you are working smarter and not harder so that you are not having to prove that you need to be the last one to leave the building in order for you to be an exceptional teacher. Because really, that doesn't matter. What matters is that you are doing quality 
over quantity and that you are helping move the needle with your students in everything you do, no matter how simple or basic it is. And then you are giving yourself that time to come home at whether it's in the summer or every day of the school year, and you are giving yourself white space so that you can continue to produce at such high levels when you are focused on those tasks. So if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could give me a review and let others know about the things that you are learning on this podcast. It helps me out the most. I also love to connect with everyone on Instagram. That is where I hang out the most. So it's at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.